Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. What's up and welcome to another edition, weekend edition of the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive with Tony Sincata. And over the next hour, we break down the 2018 NFL Draft let you know where the fantasy football stars of tomorrow will be playing, and also get your opinion. I would give our opinions on where these guys should be drafted in 2018. Obviously, of course, we want to get you on the phone lines. Should be plenty of fantasy football to talk about today. That telephone number is 844-843-6879. Tony Sincato, we got a new batch in, my man. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. Things went a little crazy at, um Went a little crazy, a little unexpected, but one thing that was expected happened, and of What's course, um, the uh, the the New England Patriots selected the uh, Braxton Berrios. I thought uh, a lot of people thought that was a a given. Now, is he any relation to Jose Berrios? <laughs> no, he's not. No. You know, he's not. But uh, he's a little guy that all of a sudden now is going to be a star because he's in the Patriots' offense, uh, as opposed to being unemployed and. Um, and um, basically back in groceries someday because uh, this is a little kid that put on a show, man, put on a show in college, but he he fits into the whole Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, Troy Brown, all that situation at the University of Miami. Every time I watch a play at the Miami, that was the one team people always talk about the New England Patriots, and he lasted. No, he did last to them, and I saw some memes about that yesterday. So I find that to be very funny tone. But another thing that I think that we all thought coming into it that, you know, we have a running back on the in college football that be coming into the NFL that should be a star for fantasy football right away. That player is Saquon Barkley for Penn State University. And now, Tony, he is a member of the New York Giants. And the debate begins. I think he's a first-rounder for certain, but it depends on how high he goes in the first rounds of fantasy drafts as we push toward kickoff 2018. You know, this is a great call because if you take the names off the jerseys, right, if I take Barkley and Beckham and I take them off the jersey, are you going to tell me the Giants offense has two first-round picks in it after what I saw last year? That's interesting right there, Tony. You're right. After what you saw last year with Eli Manning's play, not, for, not to mention that porous offensive line. So we're looking at going off of straight talent when yeah. you try to analyze these two players. We've seen Beckham do it before. Now it's opportunity to see if we think Barkley can do it. I'm thinking right now I'm hearing anywhere from like, running back seven to running back 10 off the board in 2018. And, and the other thing is that I believe the coach, the coach is, is not like, he's a defensive coach. He's not going to be one of these guys that, you know, is coming in with this new offense and we're going to throw up 40 points every game. So this is going to be very, very interesting to me. Does Saquon Barkley get the opportunity to get the goal line carries? Does he get, like, there's a lot out there. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to be better for one. It can't be any worse. Uh, they bring in Sebastian Vollmer. 
Uh, I think with the new head coaching staff, uh, that things and philosophies will change there. I would have no problem. And if you're in a dynasty league, I certainly make him the first pick in the draft, and it is a far jump off after him. All right, so you make him in dynasty leagues, no doubt about it. Matter of fact, a little bit later on in the program, you know, I'm in the NFFC trendsetters. Uh, overnight, we started to begin the rookie portion of the draft. I had two picks in that part of the draft, and um, basically what we do is we draft a rookie placeholder. I was able to have access to the second rookie off the board. <coughs> Excuse me. Matter That's of fact, again, there you go right there. Access to the second rookie off the board. Matter of fact, let's not table that. Let's hop into that right now, Tone. And my first thought was carry on Johnson, the running back from Auburn, because he's going to go into a situation in Detroit where he should have the full workload to himself. Matt Patricia come in, new coaching staff, take some of that pressure off of of Matt Stafford, and the Lions running game has been abysmal the past couple years failing with guys like Javid Best and so on and so forth. And we never really got to see the true upside of some of these players that we always thought would be something like Amir Abdullah. Now we have a situation that um, they got a running back in there. So that's what I was thinking, but that's not the pick we made. I have a partner, and he talked me into going with Rashad Penny, the running back that will now be playing for the Seattle Seahawks. And one thing I think about Penny is I really don't know how much work you know, it's like with Seattle, you don't know in recent years, you don't know how much work that back's going to get. They've had some backs flame out also. So what did you think? Uh, you know, it's crazy. I think the safest pick in the two spot, if you're picking number two, I think the safe pick is actually neither of the players that you had mentioned. I mm-hmm. think I would have went DJ Moore. They have a need for a wide receiver uh, right away in Carolina. I don't think that they throw the ball a ton, though, and he lights it up big time. But I think he can get a decent play, and I think he'll be a, a definitely a top five in rookie scoring. So it depends on how you want to play it. If I wanted to go and look at an offense that where maybe someone could light it up and someone could uh, uh, make plays, the other guy that's intriguing to me is Dante Pettis in San Francisco. He's a smaller wide receiver. But we don't know Marquise Goodwin's health, right? And last year he had a lot of problems there. We know they're going to throw the ball. We know the offense is going to be better. This is a kid that could get down the field. I probably would have went with uh, the Maryland wide receiver at number two. Really, with so much, you know how much people love rookie running backs. Yeah. You think you think the second player should go? I don't like any of the running backs unless, like, unless you're going to go Sony Michelle because they're going to and he's going to get the goal line carries with the Patriots. See, that's the thing. Now, you know the talk about that is going to be Sony Michelle, New England Patriot running back. You never know how Bill um, Belichick uses these running backs. Yep. The age-old theory, you can't trust the Patriot running back. We know what kind of dynamic talent Michelle has, but I look at it as he's not in the ideal situation. If you want one guy, if you only want one guy with the ideal situation, uh, I would think that would be Darius Geis. I, I agree. I think Geis is also very intriguing. Geis has a chance. Now, listen, Geis was a guy probably this time last year that you probably circled as a player outside of Barkley that should be a high fantasy football draft pick, a little bit of injuries, some poor performance in this past season at LSU. 
But LSU has always been a poor, a poorer team offensively. We just saw Leonard Fournette come out of there. He translated well to the NFL. Yeah, they all trans well. Mm-hmm. They have the second most draft picks. I was looking, uh, I think, since 2010 uh, in the league right now. And so even though LSU isn't winning, these guys come out. I think they have 56 guys go to the NFL. Wow, that's crazy. And how many years? Yeah, since 2010. At one point during the broadcast on Friday, they were saying that I think at one point half of the players drafted were from the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. Crazy. It is That's the NFL's developmental league right there. It kind of is. It's crazy. The Patriots' first three picks were all from the SEC. And I, remember, I remember Bill Belichick saying um, at a press conference last year that you see those games, that those SEC games, that they play throughout the course of the season, when the NFL season is over, he just sits back and watches tapes of all those big games because those are players that play at a, at the next level. All the time, you're seeing players that are going to play at the next level. Now, there's a lot of there was a lot of love for Carryon Johnson coming into this into this up, and I I guarantee like he's going to have the opportunity. But we've seen other guys there that have had the opportunity. Before they did a good job by picking a center in the first round, so maybe that helps out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's definitely talent here. I just wonder if they can get this offensive line in Detroit working, where they can have some sort of running game, because it's it, them in Seattle are very similar, where the running game has been suspect and forgotten about the last few years. Despite they've used earlier, they've used early draft picks on running backs before. You can put DC in that same mix too, Tony, as they've been struggling with running back the past couple years, also. Yeah, this is uh, Rashad what was the guy Penny. we all? What was the guy Scott was in love with last year? Sam Piron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Piron from uh, from the University of Oklahoma. We had two uh, running backs from the University of Oklahoma last year that disappointed people: Joe Mixon and Sam Piron. You think Pete? You think you think Mixon bounces back this year with the Bengals? I, I you know, I I think you know fantasy football people. Uh, you guys, uh, I've never seen you make more excuses for a guy in my life than Joe Mixon. It was the offensive line. It was the coaching staff not putting him in there. He better bounce back, but I think there's a lot to overcome. I think that Bengals team is not great and getting older. I agree with you. When I look at the running back landscape, I think it's a position of de- – It's going to be, and for fantasy purposes in 2018, it's going to be a position of depth. Now, the thing about it is, though, how many of these players will we be able to rely on week in and week out? Because some of these guys that may not have the best situations that could be getting opportunities, maybe it's 10 to 12 touches a game. Throughout the bye weeks, Tony, we're going to have to play these dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I look, I, I'm gonna, which, which quarterback do you think landed in the best, this best situation? <sighs> I'm looking at this quarterback um, thing right here, Tony. And I find it to be interesting because I think the best is, is when you say the best situation for a quarterback, career wise or fantasy wise? Fantasy wise. I think it might be Josh Rosen. See, I think it actually could be Sam Donald because the Jets passing game last year put up some decent numbers with McCown in there. But I don't know um the nut the guy that wanted a nut in the police office as I it, Robbie like, Anderson. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. The NFL hard, hard, said it's hard to anything. forget that guy, Tony. Yeah, the NFL him. hasn't said anything about him yet. I think I, I don't. I, I think I read something about this recently. 
I think when it comes to the uh, uh, charges, I think those charges may have been dropped. They were. But the, mm-hmm. why does that matter with certain people? Well, don't yeah, exactly. It, it, you're right about that. It didn't matter with Ezekiel Elliott last year, which it was good to see all the Dallas Cowboy fans boo the you-know-what out of Roger Goodell. Yeah. So I, that was embarrassing. And that's two summers. So if he gets off, which I can't believe if he gets off, it makes it should make everybody even more pissed off about the Ezekiel Elliott thing. Uh, but if he does, if he plays, they got some good wide receivers there. Their defense isn't as great. I think Donald, um, you can look at, uh, of course, the first pick in the draft with Baker Mayfield having all those uh, receiving threats out there. Is he going to be a guy uh, that could put it up? I, I like the Josh Rosen situation. You know what? It's funny. The more and more that I, I watch Josh Rosen, the more and more I listen to uh, a lot of these uh, NFLs. Why didn't he go first? That's interesting. I I I think what I find out did did the Cleveland Browns make a mistake drafting Baker Mayfield first? I think they made a huge mistake in the whole draft. Yeah, I think they really screwed up. If they were going to go that route, they should have picked. They should have picked um, Saquon Barkley first, and then they could have picked Baker Mayfield fourth. I think that would have been the case too, because they take Barkley. They end up with Donald. Uh, Donald goes to the Giants. The next quarterback goes to the Jets. And Saquon Barkley is sitting there for them. They also chose a running back in this draft. They brought in Nick Chubb. So it's kind of the theory we can get the dominant running back later on in the draft. Carlos Hyde obviously out there now. You know what Duke Johnson can do as a pass catcher. The question is going to be can Chubb, who you know, Georgia Bulldog running backs, they have a lineage. Can Chubb come in there and be a the guy on the positive time of a side of, of, on the timeshare because in theory the Cleveland Browns offense should be pretty good this year. Yeah, they should be good. They have a good offensive line. I just wonder how much he's gonna get to play. Because I worry about that too. Yep. You're looking at a 230 pound back, right? Carlos Hyde can run tackle a tackle. Duke Johnson has to be on the field in passing downs. Carlos Hyde can catch the ball in the backfield, like. I don't know how many plays there are for Nick Chubb. Then that's what I worry about too. But you know, we're seeing some some of the instant analysis I see say that you know Chubb is likely that Chubb at this point, you know, coming into the NFL, that we've kind of seen Carlos Hyde's ceiling. I think Carlos Hyde's a good running back, and I think he's yeah. a good fit in Cleveland. So to say that you that Chubb can come in here and dominate that timeshare, I think that's risky. Unless we see or hear something in the preseason that would allow us to, to, to trend that way. So right now, as everybody get ready to kick up the MFL 10s tomorrow, watch MFL 10s are going to be very popular this week. Guys getting back in the mood, wanting to draft fantasy football teams. It's going to be interesting to see how some of these first round, uh, excuse me, some of these early ADP shake out. We'll get into some of that when we come back on the other side. It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition with the Exec and Sincata. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product.
Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio. Tony, in the break, we were talking about USC running back Ronald Jones. What do you think about him this year? You know what's crazy, right? Is that this is how insane this whole NFL draft stuff is. This guy's 5'11", 205 pounds, right? When you go 205, they call you a lean back. When you're like 217, you're a big back. Like, it's only 12 pounds, man. It's just like four whoppers is basically the difference here. I, I think this kid's uh, going to get an opportunity. They've been waiting for a running back in Tampa for a while. I and think I think so with too. with uh, Jamison Winston's erratic play last year, they would like to have a guy that they could give the ball 20 times a game, have Jamis throw the ball down the field, make some big plays, and it'd be a perfect situation for this kid. Um, there's just some people that worry about how many tackles he can bust. I mean, when you're in the NFL, I mean, the difference between being a good running back and being a great running back is what you do after contact, and that's the question mark here. But the guy can fly. No doubt about it. He is a speed back. He can get to the edge real quick. He can turn it and take it upfield. And like you said, something Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been missing. Kind of, and, and uh, Jake Seeley writes about it on the um, the Roto Experts, his uh, live, his uh, live blog that he did on draft night. Kind of reminds you of Dalvin Cook last year. Didn't have the best combine. Slipped into the second round. A team gets him at a value, and until the injury, Tony Cook was leading the NFL in rushing. Now, with that being said, I don't know if Jones is going to come out on fire like that because I think that Dirk Cutter and that team is going to rely on the pass a little bit more. But I think Jones is going to have an opportunity from day one, and I think he's a guy that's going to be in that RB, low-end RB2 slash flex conversation this year. <clears throat> yeah, I think he definitely is going to be a guy that we're going to be looking at and saying, hey, there's something here. And the whole thing is when you play from the USC offense, you play in a pro-style offense, I think, yeah, I think this kid has an opportunity and a lot of people uh, not talking about him. And you look at that Tampa Bay situation, even though we, we were waiting for running backs, right, we're waiting for running backs there, we have seen some big games from Doug Martin a couple times. We've seen big games from Charles Sims. We've seen Jaquez Rogers come in and put up some decent games, which that's different to me than the Detroit Lions running back situation where, you know what, you've, you've drafted guys in the first round and they haven't done a damn thing ever. This is correct, but now with the new regime in town, I'm going to look up right now who's the uh, new offensive coordinator because that could kind of tell a story right there. And if that guy is the guy that can can put it together, because they got rid of Joe Lombardi, and the, and trying to figure out Tony. Oh, they kept was. what's his name, the uh, <clears throat> the uh, guy that was on the Dukes of Hazard, and now is the uh, still the offensive coordinator. Joe, Jim Bob Cooter, you're right. <laughs> I, that's all I can rethink really about. I can't remember the guy's name. I think he's he belongs in the Dukes of Hazard with Jim Bob Cooter. You a big? Were you a Dukes of Hazard guy, Tony? I was. I was. Me, you know what? It's it's crazy how like politically correct and that we've gotten and stuff like that now. <laughs> yeah. Tony, I'm telling you, Tony, you don't understand this. I, I when I was a little boy, I absolutely loved the Dukes of Hazards. Everything in my room was Dukes of Hazards, and I'm like, look at this. My parents were buying me the damn Confederate flag. <laughs> well, I was, I, I was actually last night, right? I'm, I'm over someone's house, and we're just eating dinner and watching TV, right? And I said, yeah, I, I grew up in such an effed up life. Uh, it's kind of crazy. 
is that we call like we called the Chinese people and w- w- when we went to get Chinese food like on Friday nights. Yeah. We said we're going to get gook food. We're going to get chink food, right? Wow. I yeah. I didn't even know like that was a racial thing until yeah. I got older. Like it was just like normal talk in the neighborhood. Yeah, no, I I you you're right, Tony, and I'm I'm sleeping with 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 a, a car with the Confederate flag on the roof draped across my bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's weird, right? When you look back on th- some things and you're like, oh, my. <laughs> you know, me, me, at my age, I didn't know, but I'm quite sure my parents, both of them being from the South, I'm quite sure they knew what the Confederate flag, you know, represented. And they didn't care. They was like, he liked the show. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Buy, buy yeah. him his curtains. <laughs> Just a good old boys. Yeah, That's pretty. There, there were no black guys in that show, right? Well, you know the thing about the Dukes of Hazard, and not realizing this until I got older and would watch reruns, if a black person was on, if a black guy was on the show, he was always in jail. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the only time no. you saw a black person on the Dukes of Hazard. He was in jail. No. <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine if that happened today? And you couldn't put a show. You got a television show like that would never make it today. No, oh it wouldn't even God. get. It would get nowhere. <laughs> That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I never realized it. I never realized that. That is that is crazy though. Yeah, I so. seen Stasky and Hutch. Speaking about old shows, man, yeah. we're we're getting old because those guys look like they're half dead. Oh yeah, Starsky and Hutch, another another classic from our youth. They don't make TV <laughs> shows like that anymore. Now you have to watch uh, Housewives of this area, yeah. of this locale, and stuff like that. And like I really actors, too much into those shows. Yeah, actors are losing out, man. They need a better union because all these reality shows are putting them out of work. No, that is making regular people into stars, personalities, and stuff like that. So interesting, and maybe they'll create a fantasy football reality show, and me, you, and the king can, uh, you know, become stars. That can way. you imagine? Like, have you ever watched Big Brother? Uh, Big Brother. Yes, I have. That's seen where, Big like, you live in a house for a month, and then you vote people out of the house. Yeah. Imagine if they had sixteen fantasy analysts in the in the in the Big Brother house, That'd and the crazy. king and. Uh, the king and Tristan Kaufrock were hanging around by the pool, checking out. <laughs> checking out what's that? Uh, uh, Stefania, uh, Stefania Bell, and uh, what's I don't know the girl that sometimes we find try to figure out if she's real or not on Facebook. Oh, I, thought, I haven't seen her a while in around uh, a, yeah. a, a, around in a while. Uh, it'd be Kleinschmidt to be in the house. Who would oh, be yeah, the first yeah, person? Yeah. Who would be the first person kicked out? I guarantee you, the first person voted out the house would be the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. he would be imagine? the first guy voted out the house, Tony. Jake would be like, um, you know, I I need my own bed. Yeah, I'm trying. Can you guys keep it down? I'm trying to go to sleep. I go to bed yeah. very early. I work 19 hours a day. You know. This is the non-PPR room. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Uh, Being in that house. You know, Mike Clay would live upstairs. That's where, the, that's where it's boring at. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the numbers room. <laughs> uh, Mike, Clay, Mike Clay is a good sport. Remember the, the harassment we used to give him on Sirius XM? 
Well, it definitely came after Mike Clay. The way a morning show should go after the other talent on the network. Yeah. And he and, and he uh and uh like you said, he was a good sport with it. So shout out to Mike Clay. Love you, Mike. You be all right with me. Tony, the first in this rookie draft that I that um that we are nineteen picks into. Yeah. The first wide receiver to go off the board is obviously well, like you said, your guy um DJ Moore from the University of I think of it's Maryland. the safest play. Okay. But I don't think it's the play that's exciting by any stretch of the imagination. Not, it's because not. Carolina is just not going to throw the ball enough down the field. They got Christian McCaffrey, right, that they can throw these little passes to, get him involved in the running game. You got the tight end that's going to catch passes. So it's not like he's going to light it up. But I think he gets, you know, six, seven targets every week. He's involved in the game plan. He's always going to be a starter. And at the end of the year, he's going to have decent numbers. So I think it's the safest pick. But I, I it, go ahead. <laughs> but if you want to if you want to go for upside and you want to go for a guy that could possibly be the number one uh fantasy player at the end, I don't know how you don't go to the wide receiver position and you don't select the new Atlanta Falcon Calvin Ridley. Oh man, Tony, let me tell you. And I'm looking at this at this right here, and I wish I had some more. I only had two rookie picks. I wish I had some more rookie picks because Calvin Ridley was the 16th rookie to go. Wow. The 16th rookie, and I was like, man, if I had a chance to get down at the back end of that, that would have been pretty awesome because what I will tell you is Taylor Gabriel not in that spot no more. Matt nope. Ryan in the second year of that offense. He's got a big brother in Julio Jones there. This kid really can flat-out play. We've seen good play from Muhammad Sanu. We like the Falcons' offense. I think the young man could be a, wide a, a mid to low-end wide receiver three this season, Tony, with tremendous upside. I totally agree. As soon as that draft was over – if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, and I coached football for a long time, I would be, I, I would have been so excited. I would have uh, went and looked at all my three wide receiver sets and started. That's exactly – I would be hammering them home now and tell teams, hey, I'm going to put Julio, I'm going to put Muhammad Sanu and Calvin Ridley on the field at the same time. What are you going to do? Who's in the slot? Well, that's the whole thing is I, I don't know if any of them will come out of the slot or they're going to line up three wide and go that route. Because in today's NFL, you can do that. Um, oh, that I, Ridley does project to be a slot flanker type of wide receiver. Yeah, not a I, I don't not know a if they're going to X. Yeah, if they do that, you know, with a rookie coming in, because then they're going to have to leave him there the whole year uh, throughout his career. And if he does, that'd be great. But usually, we don't see guys come in and start as a slot receiver as a rookie. No, I think these you... veterans. Yeah, they transition into that. A lot of veteran players, but um, I'm sure. So, I mean, if they they made the pick, they obviously have an idea for what to do with the player. Oh, he's Julio, gonna play. Oh, he's gonna play. They may be grooming him. Who knows? Julio Jones still has three years left on his current deal, but he's making fourteen million dollars. You figure by this time next year, with Odell pushing up over twenty, this time next year, Julio Jones is going to want an extension, and I think the Falcons may be like, mm mm. Well, here's the funny thing, right? Remember before the draft. There's a lot of talk about how Julio uh, changed his uh, Instagram his, uh, and social media. Instagram. It took off the Falcon stuff, and, and maybe the Falcon said, hey, you know what? We'll show him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll basically draft you to replace you. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, Ridley wasn't – I mean, when you look at the, the Alabama running back, I mean, excuse me, wide receivers um, from the past couple years, obviously you talk Julio Jones and um, – <clears throat> 
oh my goodness, Tony, what's the other guy's the guy name? out in Oakland? Yeah, Amari Cooper. Yeah, and this like he is a combo. Uh, uh, our boy Joe Lisi. I should send shoot Lisi a text and see if he's up this morning. Our guy Joe Lisi more or less said that he is a combination of both of these players, but yet still not on the level of talent, but not too far off. I'll tell you what's funny about that. If I go and just use their college statistics, right, from what, actually not even the statistics, just watching them play in college, I think Amari Cooper was the best out of them all. Oh, yeah, in, in, in college he was. Yeah. Wonder what about Tony man Julio Jones he was an amazing college player too. But Julio was a freak like he was so big and he was so fast, but they you didn't get the ball something. to him enough. Yeah. Like Amari was a one man wide receiver crew, and everybody knew it was going to him, and he still couldn't stop him. But I just look at uh, that that's true too. But Ridley has had his moments too. I particularly remember the um, even though the they the um when they went into See, um. Really hurt because no, the quarterback Georgia, play it was, wasn't as good. Isn't as it, good when he's been there. But that week when they went, um, when Alabama, when they, oh my goodness, Tony, what game was it? Ridley was unstoppable. The Mississippi State game, even though they were on the brink of losing that game. Yeah, they yeah. was um, um, Ridley was phenomenal in that game. He was clearly the best player on the field. Mississippi State, now for the most part, have not been no slouches. So. I think all of them have their strengths, but I do like the situation. And Calvin really is a player that I will be investing in for fantasy football in 2018. I'm a you do you or do you have um old boys numbers close, Tony? Or should I see if I can find it on my telephone right quick? I'm gonna see if we can get uh Joe Lisi to join us. I always like to talk to Joe Lisi too. Joe Joe is um I I would like to uh, talk to Joe and see how he feels about his man. Lamar Jackson going 31 picks later than Joe had him. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about it. Um, that's the thing. The situation. What, what do you think it plays out for him in Baltimore? Like, See, he, he's this probably is a crazy better than situation. Joe Flacco. But this is a crazy. Is yeah. Here's the crazy situation: is the owner Stephen Biscotti, right, was on record that there's no way we're drafting this kid. Mm-hmm. Right, we've got two quarterbacks. No way we're drafting. Him. I really think, from based on what I see, Ozzie Newsom, who's on his way out, was the guy that that won here and got him in. And I think the way they convinced that they were going to do this is that he's going to play wide receiver and running back this year, and he's going to be a quarterback down the road and take Joe Flacco's spot, and he's going to learn how to play quarterback there. But people, if you go back to Cordell Stewart, Cordell Stewart was both. A de- I think he's a better quarterback than he got, gets credit for these days. Like, I thought he was decent. And he was a great guy in the Pittsburgh offense, both as a, a running back and a wide receiver. And then he played the quarterback position. And I think it's a way that, you know, if Tim Tebow was more open to it, could still be in the league if he went and did this. You see, what I worry about with that is, though, when you look at the player, the player is going to say, I need to get out here. I need to start quarterbacking because three years from now, when it's time for me to work on my second contract, I want to be paid as a quarterback. Well, that, this is going to be the problem, and this is why people don't realize this is why they draft. This is why they moved up and picked him by picking him in the first round. He's held for them for five years, and if he went, they would have lost a year if he went one pick later. 
and that's why he got picked with the last pick in the first round was basically to get an extra year to develop him. There you go right there. That is the situation with Lamar Jackson as he is a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Interesting to see how that situation will shake out. Do you think fans? Because he could have a new coach next year. Oh, I think I think there's a real good. If they don't make the playoffs, I think he's gone. Like I don't understand why they were going to fire him this year because I I can't stand the guy. The guy's a pain in the ass. The guy's a, a whiner, but he's got the most out of his teams, and he'll be hired in about five minutes from somebody else. Um, I don't know what they expect to, to do with that that team. I mean, it's never we look at that offense. They don't year. spend no money. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. never been the best talented team. I think he's got the most. Out of his team, so uh, I don't understand. But y- you're right; they almost fired him this year. It was crazy. And they're in the conversation for the to to play. They're in the AFC playoff hunt every year till about week 16 to week 15, 16. They're yeah. always in the hunt. So there you go, and, right there. I, I, I think and like more you said, he'll more, be hired immediately after the whole situation with the Patriots and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right, two model franchise in the NFL. What's the one thing they don't do? They're not recycling coaches every three or four years. Mm-hmm. And you can't you know win like that. Yeah, you're going to take some bumps. You're going to go some up and downs. But you know what? The, the franchise is stable, and teams need to do a better job of keeping these coaches in play and not recycle every three years. And that's one thing that you have to understand. When you fire a head coach, you have to replace him. And a lot of times, yes. the best person that was fit for the job was the guy that you just let go. And I think that could be the situation with the Indian. I mean, excuse me, that could, that could be the situation with the Detroit Lions this season. I think they may realize that um, the guy for the job was right here in our own backyard. We come back on the other side, continue to break down some of these rookies. We'll talk about this quarterback class, the fantasy football frenzy. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. All right, back up and Adam. Fantasy Sports Radio Network 2018 NFL Draft in the books. You can head on over to rotoexperts.com. Jake Sealy does a great job breaking down this stuff right here. Tony, I want to talk about um, the Oakland Raiders um, and what the hell is going on with the Oakland Raiders. They traded on draft day for Martavis Bryant. Yes. I'm, I just, I'm looking at the people they're bringing in. They bring in Doug Martin. They bring in Jordy Nelson. They bring in Martavis Bryant. I'm starting to worry that John Gruden don't know what he's doing. Now, Bryant, of course, could just be a change of scenery. Get out there with Gruden, get to a new situation. Gentleman, you know, he has his issues he's dealing with with the marijuana and the mental health and stuff like that. Do you think he can play? Do you think this was a good move by the Raiders to bring him in? And what does it do for his fantasy value? Because people were going to him in the third, fourth round last year, yeah. and I'm writing him off this year. At really? least right See, now. I like, I love the move. I like, look, I don't want to, I don't want to confuse these moves with the other moves, though. Like, this one's a good move, I think. In the third round, right? You're going to get a guy that can bust down the field, make some big plays, and, and go from there. You got Amari Cooper on the other side. 
I I think that we've seen from Montavious Bryant, and I'll tell you what I like about what Montavious Bryant was saying about the trades. Man, he was saying, "Hey, you know what? I he took it was the first time I heard him blame himself for a lot of what stuff happened in Pittsburgh." And I like what I heard from this kid. I think it was a great move to make that play on third. And I like that he's going out and get these veterans that he's trying to win now. I like that from Gruden. I think you can certainly question what he's doing as far as going the veterans he's going to get. I think the picks that he made uh, basically were reaches, and they picked because of size. And that was the only characteristic it seemed like they picked for in those first uh, two picks with the offensive line. Tom Cable, he hired him as an offensive line coach. Tom Cable was the, the offensive line coach of the worst line in the, in the league for the last five years in the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so you could definitely question Gruden, but I like the Martavis Bryant play. I think it's the only one I like thus far. I want to see how this Gruden thing works out because I kind of think he's trying to build a culture around the team first as opposed to coming out with all guns blazing and winning. So it's going. I think it's going to be a process to see how the plan plays out. Is he going to coach this team for 10 years? Highly unlikely. You don't think so? He'll get He'll get his money, but I don't think he'll coach him for 10 years. You, you, I, see, I don't think um, – How many Super Bowls does he have to win for it to be a success? Oh, I think he has to win at least one to be a success, and I think that could even question – but here's the thing. I think the owner loves him like uh, like he's in lo- like I think the owner like thinks he's the greatest person in the world, and I think the owner doesn't. Uh, he's Al. He's not a football guy. He's not Al Davis' yeah. son, and I think they look at Ju- John Gruden as like his idol, and I think he's safe. Now, when he goes to Las Vegas, when they go to Las Vegas, that's when it gets interesting, because I mean it's an NFL team. It basically becomes what is almost like a novelty show because yeah. they're not really going to have a fan base because no. their fans are going to be like people that just are in Vegas and let's go to a football game. Yeah, and it's going to be really weird uh, situation there. I mean, they'll get. I would think they would get four or five thousand diehard Raiders fans that could make the trip to Las Vegas for the weekend yeah, and have a I good agree. time. Yep, and and and, and go from there. But you're definitely right, and that's, I think, part of the reason why John Gruden's the head coach. It's John Gruden can show up at these uh, receptions and promote the team and, and go from that, and I think that's part of the reason why they love John Gruden. All right, so you go right there. So let me ask you about, um, you said you liked, I, I don't have a so problem you, with you Donald. You but... don't, so you wouldn't think Brian's going to be picked as a wide receiver three this year? Oh, his fantasy owners are fickle. And he was a major disappointment last year. He was a people blamed losing their leagues on Martavis Bryant. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, was going in the third, fourth rounds of drafts that people were cutting at points in the season because for the most part the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't using him. And yeah. it's not like the Pittsburgh Steelers have a poor offense. Now Smith Schuster came in and he really wowed. Okay, put it like this, Tony. That's a good player comp right there. Who would you rather have, Smith Schuster or Bryant? I would rather have Smith Schuster. So put it like this: Would you rather have Smith Schuster in the fourth or Bryant in the ninth? Smith, probably Smith Schuster in the fourth. I think it's close though, because that's a good gamble. Here's the thing with Smith Schuster though, where he fit in in that Pittsburgh offense, a better fit than Bryant, is that yep. he played out of the slot a lot, and he can and he could do the job. Where Bryant was only used in Pittsburgh, and this might be an indictment on Montavious Bryant. 
um, he could only get down the field. Like he could only get through on the deep patterns. And Martavis O'Brien alluded to that to being a complete wide receiver. And I don't know if that was on Pittsburgh or if that was on Martavis Bryant. I'm thinking it's on Martavis Bryant. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think, but you've seen. See, it's it's interesting when you talk about working with Todd Haley, because yeah. it's kind of like I want to punch you in the face, but <laughs> you know you do have a track record of good wide receivers in your system. He de- he's a good developer of wide receivers. I guess it's a tough love type thing. Martavis Bryant obviously couldn't handle it. He goes to a different situation now. And it could work out, Tony. Um, you talked me into it. It's just about I don't think the draft capital is going to be high. You'll be able to get him at a decent spot, but I don't know what he's going to return. Kind of shaky on, on him. I would, if I had to stick, but, you know, I can't. They don't bring me here to say I don't know. So what I will say is this. I think he's going to be worth it for where you draft him at. Because people are going to be off him, and they're going to come back, get him a couple rounds later. I can see him in that seven, eighth round range. I want him more eight, nine. But if, if that's if that slot is a wide receiver four, I would take I would take the gamble. My thing is, I can't wait to see. Uh, I can't wait to see if Carr is the real deal. That's my question mark. Is this mm-hmm. a guy that is the guy that's going to be the quarterback for the Raiders for the next? five, eight years, because I'm not convinced that this guy is. And secondly, I'm not convinced that John Gruden is going to uh, wait it out with him. If this guy is in, this guy has been banged up, and now he has an opportunity um, to be the guy at the Raiders. I'm not sure he's the guy. All right, so, Tone, peep this. If you're Gruden and you're considering leaving one of the best jobs in sports, the color guy on Monday Night Football, making a boatload of money, you can always use leverage the teams coming after you to get ESPN to boost your salary. Is it worth it going back into coaching and into that day-to-day grind? You got to think he's saying to himself, most important player on this team is the quarterback. The quarterback is Derek Carr. You see, I think if Gruden doesn't believe in Derek Carr, he doesn't take the job. Jeez, that's, uh, that's very interesting because I think that – yeah, when you're grooning, you're waiting. You're, you're sitting there, right? And you're uh, saying, obviously, man, I miss coaching and I want to get back, which is not what we see is in the norm. It's not a thing that people do in the norm these days, right? People go and they, they most of them stay in the booth, right? They, they go, why do I want to go back to that grind every day? But for whatever reason, he wanted to go back and he wanted to, to give it a shot, right? And then he says, yep. well, what the hell is he doing here? Well... He's back, and then he gets ten years, ten million. I think you can ten, you know, ten years, ten million dollars a year. I think when you get to that spot, though, all of a sudden you're saying, "Hey, you know what? I can do whatever I want. If the quarterback isn't there, I get ten years to figure it out." Let Michael Crabtree go in the off season. So, um, interesting. Another another play of uh, the Denver Broncos. I believe they drafted running back Royce Freeman. I like Devontae Booker. C.J. Anderson not in the mix no more. I think Devontae Booker is the best running back they have there. If we get in touch with Lisi, I want to know what his feelings are on this kid, Royce Freeman. Are you familiar with his game, any, Tony? Now, Royce Freeman, though, based on everything, um, what was going on here, and you're looking at all these running backs, and there was a lot of talk there, and, of course, the Broncos situation from the University of Oregon. 
230 pound running back. Like this is the the thing I was talking about, right? Now this is going to be a guy uh, that's going to go tackle to tackle, and he's going to get an opportunity to, to jump there. But playing at the University of Oregon uh, with that that uh, split uh, style offense they use. I always wonder about these guys and, and playing in that conference, which I often allude to as a touch football league. Uh, yeah. There is uh, how, how they're going to do at this level. So I'm interested to see how he goes. I mean, he lasts the third round. Exactly. He, he lasted the third round. You bring him in there. I still, if I, if I got to go with a Denver Bronco running back, I, I'm, I'm Tony, I'm going back to Booker again. He's going to go for a song on draft day. Freeman is going to be more over. Freeman is going to be drafted higher than Booker in every draft. This kid, Roy 60, Freeman. Yeah, he had sixty touchdowns in his career. He plays in the flag football conference. Uh, it is. It, it, I, I always say that, man. I watch those games. I'm like, holy Jesus, whatever happened here? A lot of scoring. Um. So, I, I interesting. I. I don't want to say a situation I would avoid. I think to me it's still Booker's still the guy. I think Booker's still the guy here. And I think Freeman is a piece that they bring in and see what they have. So it's not a not a not a pick that will make a break in any of your fantasy teams, but running back depth is going to be key at certain times throughout the uh course of the year. Down there where you're at, uh, Tony, the Jacksonville Jaguars select wide receiver DJ Shark. What do you think of DJ Chark? Excuse me. What do you think of this guy and what can he do? You look at you look at Marquise Lee. No, no. Um, obviously, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, no longer there. Marquise Lee, the the Keelan Cole guy, and um, what's the guy we were all in love with last year? D.D. Westbrook. Oh, what do you think of the yeah. you know, wide receiver core? Yeah, D.D. Westbrook was the guy that everybody was jumping on, and of course, you get another kid from LSU that has an opportunity, and they've never ever had uh, a quarterback there in a while at LSU, right? This is a kid, though, that lit it up in all those uh, – at the Senior Bowl. He lit it up at a 4.3 at the uh, Combine. So everybody loved this guy after he uh, – after the, the situation at LSU and he got out of there. But he's a you know 200-pound receiver, 6'3". He's going to be the guy that they look to make the big plays, which is actually what D.D. Westbrook's there. So this is going to, going to be a guy that will be um, there in a battle with D.D. Westbrook. I think they like Westbrook, and I think Westbrook has shown the ability there. So I wonder how much of an opportunity he's going to get. He's really going to have to impress people. Yeah, I think so too. So um, a lot of people do like the kid, but I think it's going to be a time because Westbrook is a player they like. And we've seen Keelan Cole and Marquise Lee has yeah. um, obviously gotten it done also. Um, who else has had some interesting picks? What do you think of these tight ends? Um, and where they and where they went in the draft? Dallas Goodard to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. He's got really nothing to do there. But um, Mike the Mike the Miami Dolphins drafting Mike Jacecki. Um, I I I'm not fooling with Ryan Tannehill. And no, no Ryan Tannehill for you. I mean, they need somebody to catch the football out there. But I'm Ryan Tannehill saying. actually survived. Uh. Uh, draft day, you know, there was always the question whether Ryan, Ryan, if they were going to pick his successor, I think a lot of people uh, uh, were, were concerned uh, with the situation involving um, um, Jackson, if he was he was going to be the guy that takes the, his spot, so he uh, survives that. I'll tell you what, it's interesting, the uh, first round, the first tight end, he's uh, actually from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, the South Carolina tight end, and of course going to Baltimore, which is, yeah, yeah Perfect. which, 
they uh, they feature the tight end, so it's a good opportunity for him uh, to get some play there immediately. And I think he'll be a guy that'll probably end up being um, a top twelve uh, tight end in fantasy drafts uh, I, there for the Baltimore Ravens. I think so too. I don't. I just for fantasy purposes, him being the new toy, people smart enough to know that Joe Flacco has an affinity for throwing the football to the tight end. He should be able to come in there and get some work right away. I'm worried about him being overdrafted. And then what happens with the uh, Jason Witten situation? Does all of a sudden Dalton Schultz uh, have an opportunity to come in and take that job? Um, this is a guy that's a, a pass catcher, can't block at all. Does he go in there and play right away in Dallas? It's the, the Dallas likes Rico gathers a lot. They think that once you get a full healthy season out of him, he's an athletic style move tight end, not going to give you the, uh, the, the, the same work on the line as Jason Witten. But the Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines of football, and Jason Witten, his penalties, you know, they can go to the booth. I love Jason Witten, but um, I think Gathers is still the guy, Tony. I think Gathers is the guy the Cowboys want to see if he can stay healthy. Which Remember Jumpy with. Gathers? Who was Jumpy Gathers? I'm not familiar. He was a college, I think he was a college basketball player. And he wasn't. He was okay, but he was uh, um, with the name Jumpy. I always wondered what his parents yeah. were doing growing up. <laughs> oh, that's a big thing. If you're gonna be a parent, people, you can't fool around with these names. These kids gotta no, go can't. around. Gotta go around life with these names. You gotta be very careful when you, when you're naming your children. Um, my children have regular names. So they seem to be doing so good so far, so good, getting ready. The son, my oldest son, Tony, will be a senior in high school next year. Well, my, my only son, actually. Yeah, junior this year, so. Yeah. It goes quick. It really does. Where is she talking about going to school at? Oh, everywhere, like as far away from me as possible. <laughs> but I tell really, the bunch, huh? it doesn't fit that. Yeah. Yeah, so. my son is talking about going to Delaware State or Temple. Oh, Temple. He wants to be a future Bill Cosby. I must would not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, can you, I mean, Tony, I hate this 80-year-old man in jail. Well, I, I, a, we had this discussion last night. So here's, here's, the real, here's the way I feel about it. Yeah, he, he needs to go to jail, but it doesn't make sense, for one. When you go to jail, it costs taxpayers money. I think everybody that goes to jail should be, if they have an opportunity, should be put in house arrest. Because mm -hmm. if these bracelets and things are so good and they know where everybody is, where are they going to go? So let them foot the dime to be in a place. And the problem is, though, that Bill Cosby has so, so much money and has so much uh, situation that he, do, you, do you allow him to live a life of luxury? In his home, right? Yeah, it's I I don't know. That's going. I'm interested to see how this plays out. They should more. I mean, because I mean, did you see when the when the, the verdict was rendered and he went to slam his hands on the table? He couldn't even see the table. He almost fell over. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on? This thing looks wild. You know, you know who comes off as uh, it's hard to say a worse human being than Bill Cosby is his wife to me. Because his wife seems like the type that knew everything that was going on, but she was protecting her own nest egg. And I'm sure she's got, like, in, in, you know, a safe in her house 
where there's like two million dollars in cash. So when all these lawsuits got coming in, she's not left broke. Oh, uh, I forgot exactly which one of the accusers it was. I'll tell you that story in hour number two of um a time when she was made aware of what was going on with, with the cars man and what her response was. Fantasy Football Frenzy FNTSY Radio, hour number two on the way.